varmt välkomna till internationell författarscen. Jag heter Athena Farrochsad och jag är programansvarig för litteraturen på Kulturhuset Stadsteatern tillsammans med Ida Linde. I kväll ska ni få höra den fransk-senegalesiska författaren Mohamed Mbougar Sar i samtal med Yukiko Diou. Varmt välkomna! Om en författare och hans verk kan man åtminstone veta detta. De båda vandrar tillsammans i den mest perfekta spirallabyrint man kan föreställa sig. En lång cirkulär bana där deras mål och ursprung smälter samman. Ensamheten. Jag lämnar Amsterdam. Trots det jag fått höra kan jag fortfarande inte avgöra om jag vet mer om Elliman eller om mysteriet har tätnat. Jag skulle kunna hänvisa till det paradoxala i allt sökande efter kunskap. Ju mer man blottlägger ett brottstycke av världen desto tydligare framträder vidden av det okända och vår okunskap. Men den ekvationen kan inte till fullo beskriva mina känslor inför honom. Hans fall kräver ett radikalare, det vill säga mer pessimistiskt synsätt i fråga om möjligheten att närma sig en mänsklig själ. Han påminner om ett svart hål. Det drar till sig och slukar allt som kommer i dess närhet. Man närmar sig hans liv under en tid och när man sammanbiten, resignerad och gammal, kanske till och med förtvivlad, höjer blicken, mumlar man. Om den mänskliga själen kan man ingenting veta, det finns ingenting att veta. Eller man har låtit sig uppslukas av sitt mörker. Det fascinerar mig att han så lättvindigt tog förväl av solen. Hypoteten... Hypotesen om hans skuggliv fascinerar mig. Jag är besatt av mysteriet kring hans destination. Jag vet inte varför han tystnade när han fortfarande hade så mycket kvar att säga. Det värsta är att jag inte kan efterlikna honom. Att möta någon som håller tyst, verkligen tyst. Får en alltid att ifrågasätta meningen, det nödvändiga i de egna orden. Och man undrar plötsligt om de inte bara utgör irriterande pladder språkets bottensats. Nu ska jag hålla mun och skjuta upp mitt skrivande av dig i dagbok. Spindelmammans berättelser har gjort mig utmattad. Amsterdam har tömt mig. Det som väntar är en ensam färd. Hallå. Good evening everyone. And good evening Mohammed. Good evening. How nice good evening, to have everyone. you here. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. What we just heard was an excerpt of your book, and it's the very beginning. It's an excerpt of a diary belonging to the protagonist of the book, 
who is a young aspiring writer from Senegal who lives in Paris and his name is Diegan. Who is he when we readers meet him for the first time? Um, thank you, really, um, for being here. Thank you to the Kultur Fuset. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 and uh, I would like to thank also uh, my publishers here, Bonnier, and of course my translator. I don't know if he is here, but uh, thank you, really. We'll have time, I think, to. But I'm very, very happy to, to, to meet you, and thank you. And thank you, of course. Uh, <laughs> um, at the beginning of the, of the book, Jegan is just a young Senegalese writer, um, and he doesn't know what to write. He wants to be a writer, but he doesn't know how. Um, he wrote a book and, I don't know, sold uh, 72 copies, something like that, uh, which is sometimes very huge. And um, he, he, he's a little bit lost. He just wants to find some great models at the same time fascinated by literature and at the same time he's very critical, he's very uh, severe towards his uh, elder, towards the, 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 the elder writer, the elder African writer. And um, yeah, at the beginning of the book he is very lost. He's at the, the, the door, he doesn't enter the labyrinth, but he, he's about to, to do it. And um, very naive. Uh, very provocative, uh, sometimes very idiot, very simply. Um, but yeah, um, he's the kind of um, type of the, the young writer who thinks that he, yeah, he's promised to be, he, he, he should be a great writer, but he doesn't know how. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he, it's Jegan. And he, he lives in Paris with some friends uh, and they form a kind of um, a club, a literary uh, club, uh, and they, yeah, they, they, they discuss about literature, they um, criticize, of course, uh, they, are, they criticize themselves, of course, uh, they are a little bit jealous, um, but yeah, it's a literary milieu in a, in a, in a way, and they try to find out their place, their place uh, in the, uh, bigger French milieu, and they try to understand uh, what it means to be an African writer uh, in the French uh, society. Yeah. And again, he has um, found an enigmatic writer whom he's trying to find the works of uh, yeah. certain T.C. Eliman. Yeah. And um, well, this enigmatic writer wrote one book. And then he disappeared. And this was in the 1930s. Jegan yeah. um, is looking for a model. And the model is that, might be that one. Uh, but might Elib be. Elib He's never even might, seen the book. Might be, yeah. No. Just might be. But uh, <laughs> uh, Eliman is fascinating for Jegan because he wrote just one book and above all, because he disappeared, he just literally vanished. 
and Jagan tries to understand uh, why. Um, Tese Liman is, um, is inspired by a, 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 a real author, Yambo uh, Wologam. Uh, um, Who the this Malian book is author. dedicated to. Yeah, I dedicated the, dedicate the book to, to Wologam. Wologam is a Malian writer and he published in 1968 uh, his first novel, uh, Bound to Violence. And uh, the book uh, won a prize, a liter an important literary prize in, in, in France, but two or three years later, uh, Wologam was accused of plagiarism and disappeared after that accusation. And it was very violent for him because the accusation was not only a literary accusation, but there was some kind of racism in the accusation. And after that, he, he, he disappeared and uh, um, remained silent until uh, the end in 2017. And um, Wolgam was a fascinating author for, for me. Um, it's not exactly, we can, I think I, I can't do the analogy and say I'm Jagan and, and Eliman is Wologam. It's not. It doesn't work like like that. But inspiration is is uh, is Wologam. Yeah, for Eliman. I've actually read Wologam's book. Yeah, it's called Vold in Swedish. Please read it because it's a it's a beautiful novel. Yeah. It's a brilliant novel which um, makes you think a little bit of Jonathan Swift. Um, writing about uh, the hunger crisis in Ireland. It's a satirical novel. It's mm. a cruel novel about yeah, yeah. Um, Africa, 700 years of African history. Yeah. And he opposes Leopold Senghor's <clears throat> negritude view of Western Africa being a piece of, a, a part of the world with peace and quiet and beauty, because this is a violent story. It's the story of oppression, first yeah. of, of uh, rulers in West Africa, and then of the Arabs, and then of the Westerners. So um, this book is such a beautiful composition because it, it is, he has, um, he has uh, parts of the book which, are, which he has lent from Graham Greene, for instance, and he has interwoven it with his own story in an intricate and beautiful way. Mm. But... This, at the time, was considered not good at all. He was, he was stripped of all, all the glory and he went back in disgrace yeah. to Mali. Yeah, in, in, in Mali. Mm. And um, he, gave, he never gave an explanation. No. And that's why it's, it's um, interesting um, as, as a literary case. Um, at the beginning, I think that he was just... Um, crushed by that viol the violence of the accusation. But I believe that um, in a way he chose to remain silent. And it could be, this could be the, the ultimate sense of his literary work. Um, and that's why um, the, 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 my, that, that, that novel is also, um, I tried just to, to have that question about silence. What does it mean to be to be silent as a as a writer? Can you write and remain silent at the same time? Um, Can you? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm here talking, so no, I can't I can't say I, uh, I'm, I'm silent. But sometimes I would like to. 
really. And I think it's a, a temptation for many writers. But um, it's also, I think, uh, it's a part of a mystical tradition, isn't it? I think I'm thinking of of the Sufis. Yeah. I'm thinking of Rumi. I'm yeah. thinking of the Zen Buddhists, where yeah. uh, Mu, the nothingness, is not a nothingness. It's not a void. Mm. It's just a, a nothing that we, which is very tense and filled yeah. with so many emotions. Yeah, I think something is written, can be written in, in, in silence. And maybe it's the most beautiful part of uh, what can be written, I think. Um, so this is one, as this, there are so many layers in this book. There's this layer, which, is, um, which deals with, with um, silence or communication. And you have the layer which deals with originality or plagiarism. Mm. Um, where did the book start? I mean, for every book there is, I think, some sort of starting point. Mm. Was this, was the starting point Jan Bulligam's fate or was it something else? Um, yeah, it's, it's Wologam's fate. But Wologam's fate has to meet another reason and that reason was just my own obsession for for writing i started that that i started to write the the, the book um in a time where i was just wondering about my own um vocation as a writer should i should i continue it was my question um it was it's my fourth novel and um after the third one um i wasn't very happy i was just i was a, a little bit worried about that 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 choice to be a writer or 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 not that novel deals with homosexuality in senegal yeah. which is a very controversial theme yeah. and you met quite a lot of <laughs> opinions on the book yeah was yeah. it that um, being threatened and having all kinds of of uh, no, 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 it wasn't the, the, the reception of that no. book. Uh, it was just a, a deep and an inner feeling about just writing, about um, my, uh, my own um, ability, my own talent. I, just, I was in a, a period of doubt, just, it's, it's very simple. And, um, but I had all that questions about writing. What does it mean to me? What do I have to sacrifice somehow? What do I have to give? And um, I thought that my question and Wologam's fate had something to do. I didn't know what exactly, and that's why I started to write that, that one, having on the one hand Wologam's fate and on the other, on the other hand just my, my question. And the, the, the book uh, started with the, uh, an attempt to find the link between um, those, those two parts of my, my obsessions, yeah. Um, is, it just, uh, is it just par hasard that uh, the book, Eliman's book comes out in 38? 
which is um, a period of time when the Negritude movement was at its very top. Mm. And, uh, no, it's not, <laughs> not par hasard, but um, uh, it was interesting for me to, to have a, um, a, a time uh, between the, the, the wars, the 20th century. Um, of course, in 1938, the Negritude Uh, is um, a big movement start to be a big a big movement. Um, 38 is also a time uh, where Senegal is a colony, um, and the, the of course the Second World War didn't didn't start. But at that time we could feel that uh, uh, the conference of Munich it's in 38. Um, And for me, it was interesting to have that 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 time, because it's in a way um, it gave me the opportunity to have a, a very wide uh, vision of the 20th century. Uh, the book, in a way, um, is a, a kind of a journey through uh, the 20th century and the political violent. Uh, history of the 20th century, but through literature and through um, the fate of an African writer uh, traveling through that, that, that century. Yeah. Because Eliman, he succeeds to be in all kinds of places where extremely violent things take place. It's the First yeah. World War, it's the Second World War, uh, it's the Holocaust, It's the Argentinian Revolution, it's the African independence movements, the uprisings in Tunisia, Algeria and Senegal. And he's this ghost-like kind of person who he seems to be everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Mm. Uh, and yet he leaves so very vivid impressions with all the people he meets. He's yeah. very silent, he never says anything about his background and he's enigmatic for everyone. And yet he's a person that leaves very strong impressions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just tried to, to, to build that character um, uh, like uh, a, we are ghosts, but a ghost that we see, that the readers could see through a broken mirror. The broken mirror is just the many perspective perspective of uh, the other characters meeting him and keeping something from him. Even if that something is nothing or is something really an illusion. But it was for me a, a way to, to just try to go through a, a question, which is what is a man when you say, or a woman, what is a person? What is a human being? And of course, you can't answer uh, in an absolute way to that question. You always have um, so much perspective as, and so much, not only different, but opposite sometimes uh, in the same person. And um, that's why Eliman is at the same time, um, I don't know, fascinating, but he's um, in fascination, you have a a good part and a part who is very, um, he, is, he is not always, he doesn't always appear as a, a very gentle and or lovely man. There is something 
very terrifying in a way in 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 him, and that's uh, that's what I, f- I found interesting to have very nuances when you very layers or see very layers not only in the composition of the book but in the the soul of a character uh, as well. And again, he soon finds out that he's not the only one trying to find Eliman yeah. and. Different people search for different, a different sort of animal. There are women who look for the person and seem to have maybe the best grasp of who, who the person Eliman yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 um, the novel is a kind of um, a Bildungsroman. And in every Bildungsroman, you have that... that it was, it's Jegan, the idiot, the young novelist. And uh, he has to meet some uh, guides, some people who, who just show him the way. And in the novel, that guides are women. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think the, the woman in the book understood, understand Eliman the most, I think. Um, in this prologue, we... We met the spy. He writes about the spider, the spider mother, mother yeah. and the spider mother um, meets Diegan, and Diegan wants her to tell him more about Eliman, and she is very reluctant because she understands that he is not looking for the right yeah, Eliman. Right. Yeah. So um, she doesn't really communicate with him at first. Yeah. And then she sees that he is actually developing. He's, he's starting to understand things mm. here. Mm. And then she she starts to discuss with him and, and also tell yeah. him her memories of Eliman. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 image of the broken mirror that I use um, it also is is also a way to just say that uh, the characters who talk about Eliman are also talking about themselves. And uh, that's why Eliman is their mirror too. And um, Sigade, the, the spider, uh, the, the spider, mother spider, mother, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, um, yeah, we, we, we discover her uh, very slowly and she talk about herself too, but in a very patient way. At the beginning, he is like a secret. He refuses to say uh, who she is. But Jegan uh, stays and go in Amsterdam and they have that discussion and uh, yeah. These people, they move, they move all over the world and um, there's also, I think, a layer in your book which deals with um, with being either displaced or cosmopolitan, mm. because these people are both things. Yeah, um, I think that 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 layer is directly linked to my what I try to to think about what literature is or should be, and. I mean, um, that idea is a Borgesian one. I just think that uh, we live 
and read like travelers and travelers uh, who doesn't have uh, borders. And that's my idea of literature. It's just the absolute place where borders doesn't exist. When you can just uh, one day be uh, read uh, an Argentinian book and the other way read uh, a Swedish book and um, or an African book or Senegalese book to be to be precise and find a link between that books a secret links and I think that being a cosmopolitan is just being a reader who is able to find links and dialogues between books uh, which are very um, far culturally or geog geographically or the one from the other one and that's what interests me the, the most in that that idea so yeah um, traveling in the space is very important or through time but the most interesting part is just traveling through literature and being able to to have a Bibliothèque de Babel, that idea, Borgesian idea of the, um, the Babel uh, library, in a way. And uh, in the Babel library, there is no, no limit, of course. No, but this, this is, I think, um, it's, it is what literature should, literature should be. And yet we very often think, you know, African writers, Asian writers, they should be this or they should be that. And you've actually written uh, a yeah. very funny <laughs> yeah. part in your book deals with literature. And you are really mean at times towards us who are literary critics, for instance. It's really funny to read. <laughs> but also uh, yeah. on how people are viewed, I mean, how writers are viewed yeah. just because of their origin. Yeah, um, of course, when, you, when we think about it, we can't avoid the, the reflection about colonization. Yeah. And I think it's the, 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 the origin of that problem, the cause, the main cause of that problem is colonization. Um, it's sometimes, I, I, I think it's very sad to be a reader, for example, and to ignore a large, wide part of the, uh, the, the library of the world. Um, sometimes, because it's simple, you don't know that it exists. And sometimes you know that it exists, but you deliberately choose to ignore it. And um, when you choose to ignore it, of course, you have many made idea, you have cliches about what that literary, that literature that you choose to ignore should be. And sometimes, of course, it's, it's, very, um, it's very funny. And when you meet, you meet a writer or a book that comes from that space that you ignore, um, sometimes it, it, <laughs> it's very surprising because the, the idea that you have in your mind um, doesn't really fit with the reality of what you what you, what you see. Um, and as an, uh, 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 an African writer, as a Senegalese writer, um, I, I, I faced that situation a lot of time, uh, a situation where I could see very easily that um, 
the person that I have in front of me um, doesn't know. It's not a, I don't know, it's not a sin because of course no one can know the, 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 the literature from the whole, the whole world. But what was funny was to see that the person in front of me uh, had a precise idea of what uh, a book or an African book should be, even if... Uh, and what happens when it doesn't fit? Is it when you think that this is not a good book because it's not fitting into the image of the African book or the Asian book or the Swedish book or whatever? Um, yeah, I think... The <laughs> it's very, very difficult to, to, to explain, but... Um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to be... Um, uh, <laughs> you don't have to... <laughs> provocative here, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Do you know what? Read. Yeah, I will, I will read it. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could um, read in Swedish, but... Um, yeah. I'll read the Swedish one. As there are many people here who probably know French, ah. please read and then okay. I'll read the Swedish text. Nous avions ensuite longuement commenté les ambiguïtés parfois confortables, souvent humiliantes de notre situation d'écrivain africain ou d'origine africaine dans le champ littéraire français. Un peu injustement, et parce qu'ils étaient des cibles évidentes et faciles, nous accablions alors nos aînés, les auteurs africains des générations précédentes. Nous les tenions pour responsables du mal qui nous frappait, le sentiment d'être incapables ou de n'avoir pas le droit, c'était pareil, de dire d'où nous venions. Puis nous les accusions de s'être laissés enfermer dans le regard des autres, regard guépié, regard filé, regard marécage, regard guet-apens qui exigeait d'eux à la fois qu'ils fussent authentiques, c'est-à-dire différents, et pourtant similaires, c'est-à-dire compréhensibles, autrement dit encore, commercialisables dans l'environnement occidental où ils évoluaient. Sen kommenterade vi länge den stundtals bekväma, ofta förödmjukande kluvenheten i vår situation som afrikanska författare eller av afrikanskt ursprung på det franska litterära fältet. En smula orättvist skyllde vi på våra äldre, de tidigare generationernas afrikanska författare eftersom de var tydliga och lättåtkomliga måltavlor vi höll dem ansvariga för det onda som drabbade oss. Känslan av att inte kunna eller inte ha rätt, det var samma sak, att säga varifrån vi kom. Sen anklagar vi dem för att låta sig spärras in av andras blickar. Bietarblicken, fisknätsblicken, träskblicken och bakhållsblicken som krävde att de skulle vara både autentiska det vill säga annorlunda och likadana, det vill säga begripliga. Med andra ord igen, kommersiellt gångbara i den västerländska miljö de levde i. Ja. Yeah. <laughs> well, the situation for young African writers... Yeah, it's the, 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 we are there in the, the, the core of the, that situation, uh, the political situation 
uh, of the the sociological situation to of the the young African writers um, living and writing in a place uh, where you don't have your origins can produce and all most of the time produce that kind of situation you have to 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 do some effort to to be convenient you know to 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 be accepted you have to prove somehow that uh what you write um is in a way uh part of the the history the literary tradition that is not your tradition but in a way you have to show something like uh your roots mm your traditional your tradition so, and you have to find the, the balance it's very difficult and uh, it's it's uh, very sad to be a writer and to be forced to it's not forced it's not a but symbolically you are forced to try to find that balance and the seeking for that looking for that seeking for that balance um can just uh, bring you very far from your inner voice from what you really want to write because you can you just feel a, a pressure uh coming from i don't know uh, readers publishers society um to write in a certain way and that's the the problem and that's the um yeah it can be very 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 violent too um but the only way to 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 to, to avoid that as a writer is to to play with that idea uh and sometimes to um carry, to to be a, to, to create some clichés but to be aware of the clichés that you create just to show and that's why you know in 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 the novel there are some parts of that that clichés um of clichés of um kind of an ironic just an ironic voice uh, talking about that that situation um i was angry at the beginning when i was younger i mean and and uh, but now i'm i'm not or if i'm angry i just <laughs> try to find a um a uh, uh, satirical and funny way to express it and i think that um maybe it's the best the best way um and that is i think what makes this novel such a good read because there are so many there's a profound of course seriousness in the novel but there are so many enjoyable parts that are really funny too <laughs> and you move very freely and seamless around between different type of literary styles you have uh, a diary you have uh, people telling stories and there is a ghost <laughs> so <laughs> just evolves out of nowhere mm -hmm. and uh, is extremely uh, with the people in the room yeah so um you have all these kinds of style layers that you play with too So I wonder how, when you start, I, I understand that you start with a key scene, yeah. not 
you don't write um, chronologically. You start with a key scene. What was the key scene in this book? Uh, the key scene uh, was um, at the beginning of the uh, the second part of the book, and it's a scene where Sigade, uh, uh, the spider mother, um, is about to enter the room of his uh, of her father, and he just knocked. And it was the first scene, but it came very lately from uh, uh, when we consider the, the, the just the chronology of the of the book. But it's the um, the way I I I wrote that book, and that I wrote in in general. I strongly believe in chaos, <laughs> uh, and in yeah, and in in chaos as in a productive and productive way. I think that chaos is an organization itself. Uh, you just have to understand um, the energy of chaos. And I think that when it comes to writing or to compose the structure of the, of the, of the book, um, yeah, it's a, a very interesting way, a method for me. Um, but it sounds tiresome. Yeah, Isn't it? but but maybe I'm just trying to justify my inner chaos and uh, <laughs> trying to find literary uh, theories to justify it. But um, but really, how does really, it work? You have this key scene. You have, have Sigurd the key scene. Day, uh, and her father knocking. Yeah, but at, the but door. at that time. Sigade and the father are very clear personages in mm -hmm. uh, characters in my in my in my mind. I see I see them. And from that scene, I start from the beginning. So at the same time, I think the, the way I write is chaotic. But once the first scene is written, it's very, a very linear way. It's chronological. I, I follow that uh, chronology. So I've, I wrote that first scene. And the second one, it was the beginning of the book. Mm -hmm. And my, the first part of my effort is just to, to 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 reach that scene, that already written scene, uh, and then I continue. But very, it's very in a very chronologic way. It means that I'm very free. But when I'm when I I I, I meet a, a problem in the structure, I can't solve it by having another scene already ready. Uh, I don't have a plan. I can't rely on a plan, something already that can, that could uh, just comfort me. And no, I um, it's 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 very yeah exciting and stimulating for me because I always have to invent and discover. But at the same time, uh, when I have a problem, it can last a long time because I don't have a a ready solution, a ready-made solution. I don't have a a plan, and that's what I love in 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 writing. At the end of my of the of the um, of the book, I mean the first version. Um, I reorganize. Uh, it's possible because I have word. We have that kind of. Uh, um, I can I can edit it, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I was a writer in the. I don't know, uh, 19th century, it, will, it wouldn't be possible, I think. <laughs> it would take a long time. 
uh, fortunately, we ha I have Word, and with Word, I can just reorganize. And that's why I say that the plan for me always come at the end, mm -hmm. which which is paradoxical in a way, but the plan is at the end. I discover it at the end, but not at the beginning. And, um, and you're always confident that there will be a solution in the end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to. I don't have choice. If I don't believe that it will, it will work, uh, it won't be possible. So, but um, for me, it's very, very coherent. No, it's not the right word here. But uh, um, I wrote the book always thinking about the the geometrical figure of the labyrinth. Hmm. And it's not uh, just um, the, the book in the book that uh, Eliman wrote is the labyrinth of the Uniman. And uh, um, I wanted to write with that idea of a labyrinth and to and try to make um, the book, the novel itself, uh, to build it as a kind of a, a labyrinth. But the labyrinth for me is a, a very joyful place. I think that the labyrinth is not a place where you are scared. I think it's above all a place where you are free to work and to try a, a way and to come back and to try another way and you are looking for something and that's the idea for me, the a metaphor of writing, looking for something, always walking and um, being completely unable to know what is what is happening at the next uh, step. It means the next sentence for me. And um, yeah, it's very dangerous. I don't <laughs> advise, um, I don't give that advice, but um, yeah. But it works for you. It was for me, and mm -hmm. I think every, every writer and every person who tried to write has to discover uh, what works for me. And uh, for me, it was that that thing that I can call a method. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that thing. Degan is looking for his literary voice. Yeah. It is quite difficult for him. And he hopes that Eliman's book and Eliman as a person will help him with this. How long did it take for you to find your voice and to feel completely comfortable in the role of being a writer? I'm not sure that I found it. <laughs> and it's not just a... No, I'm, no, no. Really, I'm really serious about that. Uh, I'm not completely sure. Um, what I can say is that for that novel, it took me a lot of time to find the... Just to, to, to discover what... A, wanted to do and how and what voice to use to, to, to just um, achieve it. But um, yeah, it, I'm not sure now because um, what we call a literary voice um, is something really, for me, really, really, really um, Unstable. It's not. It's really moving. It's moved all the time because I have many other voices um, that expresses uh, themselves, um, and 
the voices. Uh, Sometimes I heard the voice of my grandmother. I'm not. I'm not full. I, I, I just. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, uh, it's not uh, psychiatric. <laughs> But what 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 I mean is just that uh, sometimes uh, the way my grandmother used to 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 tell me tales is a literary voice, and I can hear it. And in some other time, I heard some other voices. But the voices are just um, yeah ways to tell a story. And I think that I uh, I just have many possibilities or many temptations. And uh, I didn't choose one. Maybe I don't want to choose, uh, but maybe I will have to choose one day just to be uh, more um, precise or more specific in my writing. But I really consider myself as a yeah a, 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 um, I just try to experiment now I'm in a, a, a time where I experiment still and I think that one day I will find a, 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 a we were talking about that my 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 first novel for example don't read it please uh, <laughs> please do it's a very good yeah, novel yeah. but it's, it's very different from this one yeah, so it's, it's very, just very out of curiosity please read it it's called brotherhood in english and yeah. it's called what in french Tersant. Ah. and um it's very 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 different but uh, is um, it was a, a, another voice um and from that time it's natural i i It is about a village under the siege of a, a jihadist group, mm. um, a very tense, um, very unsettling yeah. novel. Please read it. <laughs> Please. Sorry. sorry <laughs> and and um, yeah, but, but um, of course you, we can consider that it's natural to be different from your first book and uh, your, your fourth book, uh, but Deep inside, I think that uh, uh, that book was the first one was an experimentation. That one too, the, 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 um, but it's, it's difficult for me to to just to. Sometimes I'm very jealous when I see some writers uh, who discover very early, uh, since the beginning, uh, sometimes their voice, and they know that. They will write that way, uh, and they will hear. They will hear one voice, their voice, uh, until the, the until the end of time. But um, for me, it's not the the case. Sometimes I just see. I just say that it's a chance still, and sometimes I'm very sad because I'm saying, okay, uh, maybe you, you, yeah, decide do something, um, uh, work. Uh, a little bit more, um, but I'm not despair. One day it will come, and uh, I think that uh, that day I will be very, very, very happy, and I will, uh, <laughs> yeah, write, yeah, some, yeah, something, and say this is my voice, and it's something, it's a great event, a main event in a, a writer's life. Or maybe one doesn't have to have one singular voice. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, most African writers 
I have a feeling at least, from the, the ones who I've read in the last couple of years, they tend to, to write about Africa and Europe, Africa or the US, uh, very often in, in a sort of confrontational way. But you have, you have turned to a completely different part of the world, which is Latin America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because um, I, I wanted to, to, to just avoid that kind of um, uh, face-to-face uh, mm. Africa, Europe, uh, and I, would, uh, I wanted to avoid that um, strong opposition, radical opposition, because that radical opposition is a, is a trap for uh, the African writers and is a trap too for, I don't know, the European readers. I mean, uh, it's a trap for both parts. And the one way to avoid that is to find a third place. And that third place for me was uh, the Latin American, uh, the Latin American space. Uh, because, so, yeah, Latin America is, is um, a mix of Europe and um, strong Latin American part and an African part too. And it was interesting to see just how they managed to deal with that um, that that part. And um, and beyond beyond that and besides I really love the Latin American literature. Uh, I talk about but, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I really loved it. yeah uh, Borges, Bolaño, of course, um, and all the great uh, Latin American writers. They were very important to me because they just remind me uh, my own African tradition, my own Senegalese tradition. Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes I in, in Sabato's work or in Roberto Art or in... Um, in uh, Guimaraes Rosa's books, I can just find something uh, that I heard or read when I was a child uh, in my small village in Senegal. So, yeah, and that's what interests me the, the, the most, to just see how uh, echoes are created through just telling a story, telling a story. And I think that in the Latin American novel, there is that, that part. Even out of that um, idea of the, uh, um, how do you say it in English? Uh, realist magic. Uh, the magic, uh, magic magical reali- realism. Magical realism. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of that idea, just the way to tell stories, to prepare the stage for stories, uh, remind me uh, many scenes or uh, echoes or voices uh, of my, my 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 childhood, and I'm really really interested in that literature. And I say when I say Latin American, I include, for example, uh, the Haitian literature in the Caribbean, and there's something yeah interesting for me. So you let T.S. Eliman T.C. Eliman go to Argentina during the the boom years of yeah. Latin American literature, so yeah. he meets every. It's wonderful <laughs> for all us literary buffs. It's really yeah. a great reading. <laughs> yeah, my dear, our time is is running out. Yeah. But I would like you to to 
end by reading a very wise part of this novel. Wise, I'm not sure. See now. Yes. Le traducteur, après ma lyrique péroraison, m'a regardé quelques secondes puis a dit « Ça ne veut rien dire. Je vais te donner un conseil. N'essaie jamais de dire de quoi parle un grand livre ou, si tu le fais, voici la seule réponse possible. Rien. Un grand livre ne parle jamais que de rien et pourtant, tout y est. Ne retombe plus jamais dans le piège de vouloir dire de quoi parle un livre dont tu sens qu'il est grand. Ce piège est celui que l'opinion te tend. Les gens veulent qu'un livre parle nécessairement de quelque chose. La vérité, Jégan, c'est que seul un livre médiocre ou mauvais ou banal parle de quelque chose. Un grand livre n'a pas de sujet et ne parle de rien. Il cherche seulement à dire ou découvrir quelque chose mais ce seulement est déjà tout, et ce quelque chose aussi est déjà tout. Diagan comes home and he is excited because he has finally succeeded in getting a copy of this enigmatic book, and he has read it, and now he's trying to tell his friend, the translator Stanislas, what this book is about. And Stanislas just looks at him, you know, like, what? And then he says, Översättaren såg på mig efter min lyriska avslutning och sa sen, det där betyder ingenting. Jag ska ge dig ett råd. Försök aldrig berätta vad en stor bok handlar om. Men om du gör det så finns det bara ett svar. Ingenting. En stor bok handlar enbart om ingenting och ändå finns allt där. Gå aldrig mer i fällan och berätta vad en bok handlar om när du känner att den är stor. Den fällan gillras av den förhärskande åsikten. Folk vill att en bok ska handla om någonting. Sanningen, Jigan är att bara en medelmåttig eller dålig bok handlar om något. En stor bok har inget tema och handlar inte om någonting. Den försöker bara berätta eller upptäcka någonting. Men bara det är allt. Och detta någonting är också allt. Ladies and gentlemen, you met Mohammed Mugansar. Thank you.